Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today we're in Romans 4, but before we go there, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank, thank you for talking to us. In today's world, Father, it's so easy to get depressed, to get down, to look around us and to see so many challenges, so many issues. They're personal, where we may be out of work, we may be struggling financially. We may be fighting against society because it's impacting our kids or grandkids. We may be just looking at society and thinking, what is going on? And we may be one of these many, many people who are facing despair. So, Father, I lift up and I'm grateful for your word. I'm grateful that you talk to us and you give us instruction, you give us guidance, you give us love. And, Father, I pray as we read today that we would hear your voice, that we would understand who you are and what your message is to us. We praise you for for this day. We thank you for all the many blessings in our lives because they come from you. I pray for your strength for us as we read and as we go about our day to stay focused on you and your, your will, your love, your message. I just pray that our hearts and our minds and our spirits would be completely open to you, that we would hear your voice, that we would understand your message and your words, and that we would apply them to our lives so that we can love you more fully <clears throat> with all that we are, and we can love our neighbors as ourselves. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, friends, yesterday was a challenge. It was uh, both dealing with loving neighbors because I didn't want to, and I failed, and also then just living a life that was uh, edifying to God. Again, there were challenges and failures. There was fights within myself just thinking about some of, the, some of the direction of our, our country and our friends and families and things that people are fighting against and facing. And it was a challenge. But what I was able to do is go back to go back to God, go back to his word. And I can't say I, I was this great saint, but I can say he, sus- he sustained me and turned my, my attitude around as soon as I went back to him. So anyways, with that, let's go let's go uh look at chapter 4 verse 1. And it's Abraham was justified by faith. Paul is going through the whole process right now um, for the previous 3 chapters of really pointing out that it's not being a Jew, it's not knowing the law, not knowing scripture that saves people, that that makes God pleased. It's having faith And it's the faith that's important, i.e. what we've been reading from the beginning. It's our heart. Where's our heart? And what do we trust in? Not the scripture, but God and who God is. So with that, let's go to verse 1. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works... He had something to boast about, but not before God. What does scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. 
Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is, is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against them. Is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We have, seen a, we have been saying that Abraham's faith was credit, credited to him as righteousness. Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then he is the father of all who believe, but have not been circumcised, in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he is then also the father of the circumcised, who not only are circumcised, but also but who also follow in the footsteps of, our, of the faith of, that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. So Paul is really just hammering on circumcision because it's an outward sign. It's an outward sign, and people got it. You know, it was done to babies. They didn't have a choice. And so it wasn't something that people chose. It was just an outward sign, and Paul is really, again, hammering on the heart because that's what God cares about. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir to the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing and the promise is worthless, because the law brings wrath. And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have, faith, have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham and Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith, and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will, give, will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to the death of, for our sins and was raised to life, for our justification. So faith, not outward and signs or works, is what God is looking for. 
And we've seen that from the very beginning. We saw it in Genesis. We saw it in Isaiah. We've seen it throughout the Gospels we've read. Everything that we've read has pointed that God cares about our heart. <clears throat> and of course, A.W. Tozer has a thought on this. He focuses on Romans 4, verse 3. What does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Tozer writes, Faith is of two kinds, nominal and real. The nominal faith is faith that accepts what it is told and can quote text after text to prove it. It's amazing how nominal faith and nominal belief can weave these texts into garments, cloaks, and curtains for the church. But there is another kind of faith. It is, the, it is faith that depends upon the character of God. You will remember that the scripture does not say Abraham believed the text and it was credited to him as righteousness. It says Abraham believed God. It was not what Abraham believed, it was who Abraham believed that counted. Abraham believed God. And the man of true faith believes God and his faith rests on the character of God. The man who has real faith rather than nominal faith has found a right answer to the question, what is God like? <clears throat> there is no question more important. The man of true faith has found an answer to that question by revelation and illumination. Tozer always has a way of getting to the bottom line and challenging us. Do we believe what the Bible says, or do we believe God who wrote the Bible? Are we focused just on learning scriptures and thinking that's our solution and our source of salvation? Or is it simply we trust God to save us? If we trust God to save us, if we trust God in all things, even if we don't know all the right verses, is that the real type of faith that he's looking for? I think that God wants us to believe him because he's God. God wants us to love him because he's God. I don't think it's necessary for me to know every verse. In fact, I can't even quote them. I, can, I know where it says some of the things, and I understand what it means, and I can paraphrase some stuff, but I can't quote them. I don't have them memorized. And I remember as a child, not as a child, as a kid and a young man, all these men would tell me that I had to memorize scripture. And maybe I did, maybe I should have. But I, tr I read the Bible, I read it multiple times. And I, know what, I knew and remembered what God was like. I remember what his word said. But memorizing, other than like John 3.16, and even that, half the time I quote it wrong. Um, there's not a lot I know as a memory and can quote, but what I can say is that God loves me. He is a forgiving and merciful God. He's also one though, who holds us accountable. He gives us the opportunity to make decisions and then we live by those results, but he does love me and he cares about me and he wants the best thing for me. So anyways, I'm starting to ramble, but Really, I, th I agree. I think Tozer hits the nail on the head. God wants us to believe in the character of who he is. 
not just being able to quote some scriptures. Not trusting in scripture, but trusting in God and his character. So with that, let's go ahead and close with prayer. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. You are a merciful God. We have a lot of challenges that we're all facing. Lord, there's just like, there's economic, there's societal, there's personal, and everything weighs down on us at times. Unless we can turn it over to you, unless we can trust that you've got us in your hand and that you are the one who's directing our path, that we know you are in charge. If we think we have to fix everything, it's overwhelming and, and I know I get discouraged. But if I know you're in control, then I know that I can rest in you. So Father, I just pray that today we would rest in you. I pray that we would look to you and we'd be obedient to your word that we'd be obedient to your desire, and that we would love you completely. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for for giving us the opportunity to know you. And I thank you for your grace and your mercy. I pray for today that we would do your will. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a great day.